This is the Point of Drew Podcast. Point of Drew, we are back. Another little hiatus. It's a slow time in sports, but stuff is about to pick up quick. College football starting this weekend, really last week, and we got the first taste of games, although nothing too exciting. Uh, but college football for real starts this weekend. We got NFL just around the corner. So uh, it's time to step the podcast game back up. We are ready to go here, as always, with Martin. How's it going, Martin? What's up? What's going on, Z? Uh, good little week of rest recovery, but we're back. Uh, we have a, a super fun guest later on in the episode. Uh, a big, a big Bengals diehard that I'm, I'm excited for listeners to hear. Um, but before that, uh, breaking down some college football. And as always, you know where we're going to start things off. Jersey Corner, we got number 38. We're 38 episodes in. It's crazy, man. We're about to hit our year anniversary for Point of Drew um next week even so it's crazy it's almost an anniversary episode but uh i'll let you think i'll let you kick things off with jersey corner number 38 who you got so 38 this is uh probably the worst list of names we've had so far so i took these honorable mentions in a little bit different of a direction these are probably the two most notable names at the number 38 uh spot and not necessarily for the best of reasons so Number one on my uh, my shout-out list goes to Kwame Brown. Quite possibly the worst NBA draft bust of all time. I think uh, there are definitely some other names that should get thrown in there. Uh, he, he's not, at the end of the day, the worst bust of all time. But, um, you know, definitely did not live up to his hype. He's been a, uh, a sounding board for uh, people going off on him. Michael Jordan most notably hated him. Stephen A. Smith has gone on that Kwame Brown rant uh, numerous times. So uh, just for just for the fact that, that Kwame Brown wore number 38 for a couple of seasons where he uh, averaged four and a half points per game with the Pistons, I'm giving him a shout out for that. Um, so Kwame Brown, the first shout out I have at Jersey Corner 38. The second, I'm going with Kurt Schilling, another guy who gets a shout out uh, for wearing 38, but one of the worst humans to ever walk the planet. Uh, you know, since it, his baseball career has ended, uh, he's done nothing but just be a horrible person. He was, uh, you know, rooting for the uh, – tweeting his support of the Capitol riot back in January. He's become uh, just, just an all-around laughable guy. Uh, just a complete joke now. But, again, he wore 38 during his playing career. He's a very notable name. So, figured – he would get a shout out with Kwame Brown in this uh, worst of category in these shout outs for Jersey Corner. So those are the two names I'm going with as honorable mentions for this award. I like your it goes to show you're a big NBA guy because I didn't even I didn't even know Kwame Brown wore 38. Uh, pretty for weird three, number for any NBA for three game. seasons in Detroit. Okay, <laughs> most people probably so, uh, could tell you he played for the Pistons. Right, not not super memorable necessarily, but um, the only the only honorable mention I got at thirty eight. It's such a weak list. Is uh, is Kurt Schilling? Um, yes, he's uh, made a uh, he's really disgraced himself post MLB career, but 
Um, he, he makes a list for what he did in the league. Uh, six-time All-Star, won, won three World Series championships, I believe two with the Red Sox and one with the Phillies. Um, mm-hmm. So had a, had a pretty storied career. Was in World Series MVP uh, when he won it uh, back with the, uh, I believe, the Phillies. And so he, he's, he's been pretty great uh, as a pitcher, um, two-time strikeout leader in the MLB. So he was getting Ks throughout his time there. Uh, War 38 pretty much throughout his entire career, too. So he's probably a Hall of Famer, depending on the, <laughs> how much he continues to disgrace himself. But um, Kurt Schilling is, is my only honorable mention in number 38. Yeah, he came just shy of getting into the, the Hall of Fame this past year. Uh, you need 75% of the votes, uh, the media votes, to get in. And he got 71% of the votes. Uh, I think he's got two more chances where he'll be eligible to get in. So we'll see if uh, the, the media turns uh, in favor of him. But I, I wouldn't be so high on his hopes at this point. <laughs> it, it's pretty funny. Like I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now and uh, personal life has no, a number of, of categories, uh, controversies, conflicts with players, conflicts with management, conflicts with media, public speaking embarrassments. I mean, the guy <laughs> – he really has struggled as a as a person, but as an MLB pitcher, um, not so bad. Yeah, so that'll take me to my winner. I've got a name that I couldn't necessarily have told you about this player even yesterday. But uh, after doing a little research, coming up with a list of the best athletes to ever wear 38, I landed with this name, the one, the only, George Rogers. He was a uh, professional football player. He was a running back in the NFL for seven seasons back in the 1980s. Um, Played college ball at University of South Carolina, where he was the 1980 Heisman Trophy winner. Um, And for me, that's all it's going to take to win the Jersey Corner Award for number 38. I'm giving it to George Rogers, uh, Heisman winner. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm sticking with it. I'm going with George Rogers. That's my answer there. What about you? Hey, G. Raj, man, great pick. Great pick. <laughs> um, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. Uh, this is actually kind of my guy. When I, when I saw 38, the research was tough to do, but I had him in the back of my head the whole time. Um, he's young. He's relatively unproven. But um, when, I, when it's all said and done, when this young man's career is over, I think he will be the best athlete to ever do it at 38. Legereus Sneed, the quarterback oh. for our Kansas City Chiefs, um, drafted in 2020 in the fourth round out of Louisiana Tech. Um, just one season in, was the highest graded rookie cornerback in the NFL per PFF um, in that first season. There were multiple guys taken in the first round, multiple corners taken in the second round, a few even in the third round. But guess what? The fourth rounder, Legereus Sneed, started out of camp from the beginning for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and was our best cornerback the whole way through. Um, And, you know, I think he's going to continue to build on that impressive rookie season for many years to come. Uh, He's got a bright future. Uh, He's a bulldog. His team, Louisiana Tech, they're they're on the rise as well. Um, And so, hey, Legereus Sneed, I think, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, he may not only be the best athlete to wear number 38 uh but he could be one of the best Kansas City Chiefs of all time and maybe just maybe uh one of the best defensive backs in all of the NFL 
Man, a bold take there, but I love it. Jersey Corner 38 go, going to uh, to George Rogers and Legarius Sneed. Love the KC shout there, so uh, I'm with it. But that's going to wrap it for Jersey Corner number 38. Like we mentioned, big guest coming on soon. We've got Kevin Manchester, Bengals insider and super fan, uh, to break down what's going on with this uh, Cincinnati Bengals team. But before we get into that, we're going to throw it over to some college football, break down everything that, that you guys need to know going into this college football season. Before we get into that, you know where we're going. It's a quick word from our friends over at Shug's Bagels. All right, Z, let's play a little game of fact or fiction. Let's do it. Fact or fiction. Shug's has the best bagels, rolls, and wraps south of the Big Apple. Ah, facts. That is correct. One for one. Off to a hot start. Fact or fiction. Shug's recently replaced Wheaties as the true breakfast of champions. That <laughs> uh, sounds right to me. Fact. Correct again. He's heating up. Fact or fiction. Shug's has the best bagels in all of Texas. Oh, you already know that's Big facts. Yes, that is right again, three for three. Shug's Bagels is in fact all of those things and more. And they'll be open all week serving up that ooey gooey goodness. Go check them out in Park City's Village near SMU campus and on social media at Shug's Bagels. Shug's Bagels, the bagel that Texas deserves. All right, Barton, like I just mentioned, college football, it has begun. The season is underway. Uh, was not the most exciting slate of games this past weekend. Uh, you know, really, Nebraska versus Illinois was kind of the headliner. Bielma mm -hmm. takes home the W there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, the season's underway. Wasn't too much of an exciting start, but this weekend is when it really, really starts. Yep. Yeah, college football season week zero, unfortunately, pretty underwhelming last week. Uh, Scott Frost falls on his face as Nebraska falls to uh, first-year head coach Brett Bielema at Illinois. Um, but we're going to have a much better week in this go-round. Um, some big games headlining Georgia versus Clemson being one of them, um, one of the best games of the year going forward. So LSU is traveling to UCLA as well. That's another headliner. So a lot of good football this weekend. I'm excited for it. Um, you know, we're back. Labor Day weekend officially signifies the start of football season. Uh, we're moving away from summer and into what I think is maybe the best time of the year. Absolutely, man. I'm pumped for it. So just to start, let's just start with a general overview of what's going on with this college football season. Just, you know, talk to us about some of the, the main storylines heading into this 2021 season. Um, you know, what, what are the storylines out there right now? Yeah. And, and, Really, this year, more than other years, there's not a ton of noise going on. I just got a few storylines I think are, are worth mentioning here. Um, first being, we all heard the news uh, a couple weeks back with Texas and Oklahoma um, deciding to leave the Big 12 um, and head to the SEC. So it's really kind of their goodbye tour um, in the Big 12. Of course, they mentioned committing to the Big 12 through 2025. Um a lot of whispers out there, a lot of rumors that that is actually unlikely that they could be departing much, much sooner than then, as early as uh, as next season. And so um, this very well could be Texas and OU's, um, you know, last season in the Big 12. And so uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out. 
of course, uh, I'm sure they're going to be receiving quite a bit of hate when they go on the road to the various Big 12 opponents, most notably when Texas goes to, you know, up to Dallas, not necessarily um, in, into a rivalry territory, but up to Dallas to play OU. I'm sure that'll be a, 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 a you know, hotly contested game. Um, and OU, when they, when they head to Bedlam, um, you know, at Oklahoma State this season, I think that could, you know, be absolutely off the charts crazy with uh, with the fans and, and all the taunting will happen there. Even on some of the less notable stops, going to play at Kansas State, Manhattan, um, you know, going to Ames to go play Iowa State. Uh, there, there's, um, you know, maybe not the most crazy fan bases, uh, the most, uh, you know, hollowed, uh, you know, storybook type of uh, settings, but they're going to get a lot of hate. Um, as, as they go on the road this season and uh, just think, hey, you know, they're leaving these other teams in the dust. And, and that's just really a major storyline in terms of, you know, hey, how will they fare in their potentially their final season in the Big 12? Um, and so a lot to watch there. Texas, a little bit less hype than Oklahoma. Oklahoma obviously coming in uh, ranked second overall in the AP Top 25. Uh, Heisman candidate Spencer Rattler is back for another season and um, you know, probably at this point in time, looks like the Heisman favorite and also the favorite to be the number one overall pick. And so Oklahoma coming into this season uh, with a lot of hype, Texas a little bit less so. Steve Sarkeesian in his first season, um, you know, they're still deciding who they're going to be starting at quarterback here. But um, yeah, I think both these teams are, are one are, are two, or at least a couple teams to watch um, as this season progresses, just because uh, really when they're on the road, things could get interesting. Yeah, for sure. That is going to get interesting. I mean, they, they, without a doubt, put a target on their back. Like you mentioned, even some of those smaller games that aren't going to be nationally televised, the K-States, the Iowa State to the Big 12, those are the teams that are really going to be coming after them, wanting to, uh, you know, send these teams out with a loss. And uh, they put the Texas, no, he put a target on their back. So it could, it could be a tough season for them. A lot of people gunning at them. So I'm excited to see how those games kind of kind of fare. Exactly. And, and another storyline uh, that's kind of in, in focus here going into the season is there's been there hasn't really been much parity so far throughout uh, the college football playoff. It's it, or there has been quite a bit there. There's really just a, a few teams that have been at the top here. Uh, your Alabama's, your Clemson's, Ohio State's been a fixture in the playoff. Oklahoma has been a fixture um, you've seen Georgia make it a couple of times, Notre Dame make it a couple of times, but um, there hasn't really been a newcomer, a, a first year team making it. And so, you know, that's another storyline. Will it just be, you know, the same story as every year? Bama running the table in the SEC, Clemson, um, you know, beating everyone handily in the ACC, Oklahoma taking care of business in the Big 12. And of course, Ohio State handling uh, their business in the, in the Big Ten. And so the question is, hey, will, will there be a mix-up this year? Will another team find a way to sneak in? Will there potentially be a Power Five team, um, you know, that has a chance to uh, to make the playoff? And really, at this point in time, um, the only team that is looking like they have a legitimate chance outside of that those Power Five conferences is Cincinnati. Um, you know, they had a chance last year after running the table – um, unfortunately, did not have a strong enough strength of schedule uh, to really be a legitimate contender for that playoff consideration. Um, however, this season, uh, they've got a couple interesting non-conference games, one being in week three against Indiana. They traveled to Bloomington to play 17 Indiana and a good team coached by Tom Allen. 
Penix is back at QB there. And so uh, they're going to have to win that one and they're going to have to win the following week um, or two weeks later, actually, uh, against Notre Dame in South Bend, uh, ninth ranked Notre Dame. So a couple big time opponents, power five opponents for Cincinnati in their non-conference schedule this year. They're really trying to you know, maximize their chances here of making that college football playoff. And so, um, hey, could this be the first year that uh, a non-Power 5 team finally breaks into the college football playoff? I don't know. Um, but if anyone's going to do it, Cincinnati has the best chance at this point. Oh, I love that take. That's going to be fun to watch. Um, would be really exciting to see one of those teams from the non-Power 5 finally break through. Um, you know, people thought that, that Central Florida should have been the team that does it a couple of years back, uh, but it would be awesome to see if uh, Cincinnati can break through this year. I know one, uh, one more storyline that I've kind of had an eye on, something that I've been wanting and pushing for for a while, is the, uh, the NIL rules changing in college football. Absolutely. Um, you know, now players can advertise themselves. They can, they can brand. They can get these advertisement deals from companies and put a little coin in their pocket. Uh, what do you think that means for, for college football as a whole? I think it just elevates the, the, the sport and the brand um, in, in, in its entirety, uh, really. I mean, uh, all these guys will be able to – everyone had to dance around it for so long. We knew these guys were getting paid from the beginning, um, all these big-time recruits. And so finally they can actually you know, make it more of a business – uh, I know Alabama's QB Bryce Young uh, was it was already bringing in quite a bit of money through endorsements um, uh, right after the NIL, NIL stuff went through. Um, and so these guys have, have already proven, uh, you know, in the short time that NIL has been in existence that, um, you know, hey, they can really make a lot of money if they're a big brand at a big school. And, you know, I think it's just good for the sport. I think it's it's good that we all had just kind of a reality check and said, Hey, this deserves to go through. Um, yes, it does kind of make the playing field less even these big schools with big names and television contracts. Of course, they will have the upper hand as they always have. And even more so now, but Hey, that's just how life is. It's, doesn't change things all that much, but I, I do think it's great for the players and, and great for the sport. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it is good for the sport. I think it's good for the players. I think it's long overdue, and I hope they keep continuing to take steps to, to pay these players even more. Um, so I'm with it. But, uh, you know, that that's going to wrap it up for some storylines, unless you had any anything else to add there. Anything, any other storylines you wanted to mention or throw out there? The only other one, and, and this is brand new, but uh, it's the first ever really kind of TV production, a Hard Knocks-esque show. I'm going on uh, for the college football preseason. Um, and yes, it's, it's uh, my SMU Mustangs. Uh, it's called the Hilltop. It's been streaming on ESPNU. Go check it out. But, uh, you know, there's a few episodes that are, are really unpacking um, how SMU is preparing for the season. It's, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. And so uh, I think with NIL, um, you know, people being more receptive to, to kind of, promoting these student athletes um, in, in, each, in each of these programs. I think you'll see a lot more of that, um, you know, from a media coverage perspective. And so uh, it's been a lot of fun watching the Hilltop. I'd encourage any of our listeners to go check it out. Um, I'm, I'm biased, obviously. Uh, but, hey, big season on the Hilltop is, a, is ahead, I think, uh, for my SMU Mustangs. And so it's, it's worth a watch. 
Definitely. And speaking of the media coverage, another thing to add on it is NCAA, the video game is back as well. Yep. So uh, a, a lot of different media angles getting into it this year with college football. So uh, a lot's happening. But let's let's go back to the games themselves. Um, what, what are some of the biggest matchups of the college football season games that um, you're looking for that you have circled on the calendar right now? Yeah, man, I've got a few for you. Um, we'll start. This one's actually later in the season than I was expecting. It's got a feel of a kind of a non-conference early season type of game, but it's actually taking place way down the season in November 6th. Liberty goes to Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze, coach of Liberty, had a lot of success last season, as we know, um, is returning to uh, his former employer, Ole Miss. He's headed to Oxford. In a, in a matchup that should produce quite a few points. Um, two great quarterbacks featuring uh, Liberty's Malik Willis and uh, Ole Miss's Matt Corral. Um, you know, this one could ha- have the makings of a, like a, a, a 42 to 39 type of finish. Um, there's going to be a lot of points. There's going to be a lot of yard, a lot of air yards. These teams both like to air it out. Um, but I'm excited to see Hugh Freeze return to Oxford. Uh, he's had a lot of success um, since leaving Ole Miss, since being – um, fired from Ole Miss and you know he's on his way back up the, the kind of hiring pool ladder uh, you know he's climbing from Liberty which is obviously a non-power five and um, we'll likely use this as a, a springboard into another power five coaching job um, but beating his uh, his old employer in Ole Miss would would you know make it that much better for him uh, in that pursuit of uh, his next role. Definitely that's a good one to circle what what else is on that list? One that I'm really excited for, and it's actually next weekend. It's on uh, on 9-11, is Iowa at Iowa State. Um, This one's a non-conference, but it is a rivalry game. Um, Both of these teams, I think, are are college football playoff contenders. Um, Both coming into the season ranked in the top 25. You got Iowa State coming in at 7, and then you also have Iowa coming in at 18. So, um, you know, both reputable programs. The state of Iowa, not necessarily known for producing top tier um, football football talent uh, at the high school level. So both these guys have really both these programs have really done a great job of developing their talent, which I think is um, you don't see that a lot in this day and age. It's more about the teams that can get the best recruits. The four and five stars are are the ones that are competing for those playoff spots. But I really do think um, Iowa and Iowa State have a chance this season uh, to make a push for it. It's going to be tougher for Iowa playing in the Big Ten, but Iowa State in the Big 12, um, you know, they got a couple big games they got to win, uh, one being this one against Iowa. So whichever team is able to win this uh, this matchup uh, here in a, in a week or so um, will really be setting themselves up for a chance at a playoff run. Um, I'm excited for it. Iowa State is hosting for the favorites right now, um, but if I had to make a prediction, I might be going Iowa. Um, I like I like what I've seen out of Iowa. They got a great quarterback in, in, in Spencer Petras. They've got a, a an All American, potentially an All American running back in Tyler Goodson, and a and a great and maybe the best center in all of college football in Ty Linderbaum. Uh, Iowa State, on the other hand, they've returned everyone. They're All American running back Brees Hall, uh, who I always <laughs> everyone always mistakes him for Bryce Hall, um, the TikTok star, uh, but it is in fact Brees Hall. Um, they got Brock Purdy coming back at QB. And then, of course, Matt Campbell, 
Um, he's one of the most sought after head coaches in all of college football. What he's done for that Iowa State program has been so impressive. And, and so I'm really excited for that one, um, that Iowa tilt here um, in, in a couple weeks. Uh, it should be should have all the makings for an instant classic. And uh, the winner will really be setting themselves up nicely for uh, for a hell of a season. Love it, man. So we've got Liberty, Ole Miss, Iowa, Iowa State. Give us one more game that we need to mark down in the calendar right now. What's one last game you're looking forward to this year? <laughs> man, I really wanted to go SMU TCU because I know those are both our alma maters. We'll be there um, on September 25th. But as much as that game it excites me, it's not the it doesn't have the the pedigreed one in a, in a top tier matchup. So I'm going to go a different direction. Um, this one's the one that everyone's talking about. It's actually this coming weekend um, featuring Clemson and Georgia, um, Georgia entering the season ranked fifth overall Clemson uh, ranked second in, uh, in the coaches poll and third in the AP. Um, so two juggernauts, two teams that uh, definitely have playoff hopes here. Clemson's been there almost every year. Uh, I think actually they have been there every year and Georgia has been there a few times as well. So um, the winner of this non-conference game, Georgia, um, looking pretty strong. Like the, the SEC East is probably a little bit down this year. Florida had a great season last year, but they lose trash. They lose a lot of playmakers on offense. And so coming back this season, they're not looking nearly as strong. We know Tennessee's not up there. Um, really the next best team in the SEC East might be Kentucky. And so um, Georgia's schedule is looking pretty favorable. If they can knock off Clemson in this first game, they'll have a good chance to – you know, run the table aside from that game against Bama. And, and if they're only losses to an undefeated Alabama team, you think with the win over Clemson, that gets them in. So Clemson, on the other hand, uh, likely to run the table on a very weak ACC. Um, and so, hey, uh, the winner of this game, very good chance uh, is headed to the playoff. Uh, yeah, of course, there's a lot of football to be played, but um, this one is really going to set up for, for a playoff run. And so um, featuring two of the, the, the nation's you know, top powers in Clemson and Georgia, it's week one. Uh, what, a bit, what a way to kick off the season. Uh, you know, thank you uh, to the scheduling gods here for, for giving us this treat. But um, I'm excited. I'm not going to make a prediction now, but um, I think it'll be a, a, an instant classic in a very close game. Absolutely. And yeah, two games this week and we can look forward to SMU versus Abilene Christian and then that Georgia <laughs> Clemson game. And you say you're not going to make a prediction for it. I'm ready to make a prediction. I've got Georgia winning it. And I'm going to take that prediction even further and say Georgia is going to knock off Alabama as well and run the table. Wow. I think Georgia is going to have a hell of a season. I think they're making it in. And the even hotter take I'm going to throw out, I don't have Clemson in the uh, in the college football playoff, North Carolina is coming out of the ACC. I'm I'm calling it right here. That's my uh, my hot take coming into this season. North Carolina, write it down. North Carolina coming out of the ACC. Wow, that is a a quite a hot take. Um, hey, I'm all for it. If as long as Davo's not there, I'll take it <laughs> all day of the week. Absolutely. So those those are my predictions right here, but. Well, I'll throw these over to you now for a couple of predictions your way. What are some upsets you see happening this year? Yep. I got, I got three upsets for you. Um, <laughs> these, uh, this is going to start in week one and uh, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I'm just going to jump into it. I think the Louisiana, 
and a raging Cajuns of Lafayette take down Texas in week one. They got a great head coach in Billy Ooh. Napier. He's got a lot of hype. He's bring he's brought this team, you know, really from uh, a low point up into they're starting the season ranked 23. Uh, it's the first time uh, starting ranked as a program ever. Um, so they got a lot of hype surrounding this team. Um, I think they got some legit players, some legit NFL talent on this team. They got the buzz. They're excited. And I really do think they go into, into Austin um, and knock off UT in the first game. I don't think Texas is going to be prepared. I do like the Sark hire. Um, I just think it's early. These aren't his players. The, Louisiana just has so much more to play for here. Um, and, man, I'm just calling it right now. I think Louisiana finds a way to pull it off pull up the unimaginable and beat Texas in Austin week one. Um, I'm, I'm going with that one. Uh, that's my first step set and, and uh, we'll see if it happens, but um, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't say I'm nine out of 10 confident, but I'd say I'm probably six and a half out of 10 confident here. And, and I'm going to say, say right now, I think, it, I think it might happen. Oh, I love it, man. I'm, I'm ready to bet that one right now. I'm with you on it. I want to see that happen. So I love that upset. What else is on that list? My next one, I'm a little biased here, um, but I, I do think as good of a team since he is, I think since he comes out, they beat Indiana in that game in Bloomington. They go out and they knock off Notre Dame um, in, in South Bend. Everything looks good for them. They're running the table until November 20th when SMU comes to town. <laughs> uh, this SMU team, yes, I'm biased, but they've got a lot of talent. Um, they've got some one of the best receiving cores in the country, Rashi Rice, Reggie Roberson's back in the mix. Um, you know, they got a lot of running back talent as well. Uh, and they got quarterbacks, man. They got a lot of quarterbacks. It's unsure who's going to start at this point, but I'm going to say this Preston Stone will be the starter. Uh, the freshman, the four star recruit, will be the starter when SMU takes down Cincy on November 20th. Uh, and this, of course, will unfortunately, um, really kind of ruin Cincinnati's hopes of making the playoff, but uh, SMU playing spoiler all the way on November 20th. Um, I'm calling it right now. Oh, I love it, man. I, I love it. It's going to be, a, uh, you know, the dethroning of Cincinnati. It's going to end their hopes for the, the college football playoff. And it may give life to SMU's hopes of sneaking in. Uh, <laughs> we'll see, but that's, that's a good upset to keep an eye on. What's that last one on your list? This last one on my list, and I, I spoke about this team a little bit earlier. Um, Iowa State, they're, they're playing Iowa um, September 11th in week two. Uh, a big matchup. I mentioned that I think Iowa's going to come out and win that game, and, and yeah. I'm sticking by that. Um, however, I think Iowa State will run the table from there on out, redeem themselves. The same weekend SMU takes down Cincy, the same day, November 20th, I think Iowa State takes down Oklahoma. Uh, you know, they knock off Oklahoma's chances of, of going to the playoff there. And Iowa State, with that win, will get them into the college football playoff. Um, that's what I'm that's, – that's my third and final upset prediction. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going with. Man, I love that. So uh, you've got a, a couple surprise teams you think might be sneaking in. You, you mentioned Cincinnati. You mentioned Iowa State going on that tear. Uh, any other surprise teams that we just need to keep an eye on this season? 
Yeah, the one I would say more than anything, uh, you know, it's kind of the the Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina was the surprise team of last season. It kind of came out of nowhere um, and almost ran the table there. Uh, you know, they're actually starting the season ranked in the in the preseason top 25 coming in at 22. I think the Coastal Carolina of this season is the Ball State Cardinal. Uh, you know, they're playing in the MAC. I think they have a good chance to potentially run the table. Uh, they're far and away the most talented team in that conference. And, uh, you know, we'll see a lot of football left to be played, but, um, you know, they got a lot of talent. Uh, I think it's a winnable conference. Um, and, you know, that's my pick to really make some noise and, uh, you know, <laughs> potentially if they get lucky, run the table here. So uh, I'm going, I'm going with the ball state Cardinal uh, to win the Mac. Uh, of course you got your Bowling Green, you got your Akron, um, Central Michigan, we've seen them have some good seasons in the MAC, but I think Ball State, it's their year, man. Uh, you know, playoff, don't count them out, uh, but uh, running the table, I think it's a possibility. <laughs> I love that, man. That's a good surprise team. So finish with this right here. Give us the four teams you think are in the college football playoff this year. Yep. Uh, I want to hear from you, your four, after I say mine, but um, not reinvent the wheel here I think uh you know college football the, the product's kind of been diminished because of Bama and Clemson's dominance but I think both those teams are headed back to the playoff uh I don't see any way that either of these teams lose yes George is good yes AM's good but Bama's just another level um so I think Saban uh and this Bama team run the table make it back to the playoff I think Clemson as much as it pains me to say it and much pains me to see Dabo back in the playoff I think Clemson does as well in the ACC um, Ohio State, I think they're, there's a chance that, you know, they could get taken down this year. Uh, they're not as good as years past, but I do think they find a way with Ryan Day at head coach. Um, he might be the best player calling all of college football. I think they find a way to run the table and get back. And then my fourth and final team, I mentioned it earlier. I think Iowa State upsets Oklahoma late in the season. And then in that Big 12 title game, beats them again. They prove themselves. This team is here to stay. Matt Campbell at head coach, Brock Purdy returning at quarterback, and Brees, not Bryce Hall at running back. He's an All-American. I really like this team. I like what they got on both sides of the ball. Um, hey, Ames, Iowa, baby. They deserve They deserve a great team. They deserve a championship-caliber team, and I think Iowa State, it's their year, man. They're headed to the college football playoff. Oh, I love it, man. So I'll, I'll give you mine there. Um, I, I do think Oklahoma is getting in. I think Rattlers is going to be – um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he's the truth or going to be this, you know, complete breakthrough player in the NFL, but I do think he's good enough to, you know, win enough to get Oklahoma back in the playoff. Uh, so I've got them in there. I've got Ohio State making it back in. Uh, you mentioned Ryan Day. I, I would agree with all of that you said there. I think Ohio State's in. Um, and then the two I mentioned earlier, I think Georgia's in. I think Georgia's winning it all. And uh, that final team making it in the playoff, North Carolina, I think is coming out of the ACC. So those are my four. I got OU, Ohio State, Georgia, North Carolina making their way into the playoff. Man, crazy. So only one overlapping team there uh, being Ohio State. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, interesting predictions from both sides. <laughs> I'm glad we both didn't go chalk. We had to have a little fun with it. Um, college football, it seems it's getting more chalky every year, but I'm hoping there's a, there's a lot of upsets. There's some, 
there's some craziness uh, in this season. Um, you know, hoping for a great one, hoping, uh, you know, some of these teams that haven't gotten a shot to make the playoff are able to uh, to find their way in. Um, but yeah, man, that'll cover it for the uh, the 2021 preview. Good stuff. Absolutely, man. That's uh, some really good stuff. A lot to look forward to. I'm excited for the season um, and what you guys should all be excited for. Up next, we've got our special guest, Kevin Manchester, joining the show, breaking down some Cincinnati Bengals, uh, their offseason, their draft, what to expect, some bold takes were thrown out, maybe even some Super Bowl hopes, he says, for the Bengals. So we'll, uh, we'll be joined by Kevin next. We'll be back after a short break. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. We have the big man, the very special guest in the house, Kevin Manchester. Be say, uh, it's been a long time, man. So happy you're joining the show. Um, what's going on? What an intro, Barton. I appreciate that. How are you guys? Happy to be here. Uh, we're pumped to have you. It's uh, you know been a long time coming. We've been getting numerous requests from the, the guests out there that we have on a, another celebrity guest. So Probably uh, from me, too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're, we're pumped to have you on and uh, excited to, to break down some uh, Cincinnati Bengals football talk on this podcast. Lifetime, uh, longtime Bengals fan with us. So uh, we got a lot to talk about. I'm excited. Yeah, Kevin, you're, you're absolutely in high demand from uh, the Druthers, our listeners, as we call them. And so uh, glad you could come check it out and join us today. Um, you know, we, Zon and I, we haven't considered Point of Drew a, a Bengals podcast uh, to date, but after this, uh, after this little interview here, I think we might be termed a Bengals podcast. I love it. I think I might have to convert you guys. And by the way, I just want to say I absolutely love the name Drew Thurs, and I, I think I might have to give my boy, my second string tight end, Drew Sample, that new nickname. So anytime he does something special on game day, you're going you're gonna to get a tweet from me saying that and me shouting out the Drew Thurs on that one. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love it. We, we may need to get him on the pod, too. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll start DM. I'll add him to the list of players I DM constantly. <laughs> we'll have to break that down in a little bit. I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing about that list of players you're DMing on a consistent basis. But uh, before we get into things, um, let's start from the beginning, man. Like, you've been you've been a Bengals fan for, for quite some time now. Like, take us back. Like, what makes you such a diehard dayer, as they call it? Who day, baby? Well, yeah, I mean, you said it. I've, I've been a fan for probably my whole my whole life that I can re actually remember, you know, probably since 10 years old is really when I was rocking with the Bengals, um, maybe 12. But the, the main reason that I got into the team from day one was Chad Ochocinco. I just knew, I, first of all, I knew there was something special about the guy because he was a talent. And then I immediately fell for all the, the drama he added to every game from the, the celebrations to the fucking with Marvin Lewis and Carson Palmer. Like he was, he was an absolute nightmare of a teammate, but almost like a celebrity to the game. And they had to put up with him because he was, he was a, you know, a franchise history player. So that's really when I fell in love with him. I even had a Chad Johnson Jersey when he was still Chad Johnson and then immediately had to go on 
NFL.com or whatever website and buy the Chad Ochocinco one right when it dropped. But he's what got me into it. And, you know, ever since he left, I've, I've stayed true to the boys. I love that, man. What, I love it, man. Do you have a, like a favorite Chad Johnson or, or Ochocinco memory or story? Is there like a single moment that just makes you think like, damn, this is my guy. Like, this is why I love this dude. I think, I mean, this could be a whole podcast episode of its own, just talking about these moments. But I think probably if I had to give you my, my number one favorite moment, well, I'll give you two. How about that? My, my first favorite moment was when, our, when we had a Marvin Lewis challenge to play and the ref is standing over by our sideline, looking up at the screen on the headset, talking to, you know, the people in New York, whatever. And Chad Ochocinco just out of nowhere reaches into the, into his pants and pulls out a $1 bill and goes up to the ref and starts whispering <laughs> in his ear in the middle of a challenge. And I think at that point I was like, holy shit. Like, like I've never seen anything like this. Like this is my guy now, you know? And I'd say probably that other moment I was talking about was when, he came out on the sideline with the uh, the Hall of Fame trench coat jacket over his pads and said, future Hall of Fame, 20 question mark, question mark for the year. <laughs> yeah, Ocho Cinco was, was on his bullshit from day one. He uh, T.O. T.O. Has had, had antics, but he took it to a new level. He was like, I could you could maybe credit Ocho Cinco as like the founder of TMZ Sports. Like that's really he put them on the map. I, yeah, you, I think you really could. And, and I mean, you said it best. I, as I, as I've said countless times, I couldn't imagine being Marvin Lewis having to put up with both T.O. and Ocho Cinco for a year. Fuck. Yeah. Unreal. Well, he, he somehow made it through. And so Ocho Cinco, um, he got your fandom going with the Bengals. Um, you remain a Bengals fan to this day. I got to say, I'm, I'm a little bit of a Bengals fan too. They sure. rocking with our guy, our guy Joey Burrow. But before we get to him, um, let's break down free agency. Uh, what did you think happened there? What went wrong? What went right? Just unpack it for us. Well, I got a lot to say about this. And and when you say what happened there, I think not enough happened personally. I think we weren't aggressive enough. I was. You can go. You can scroll through my Twitter and see me constantly tweeting at at uh, the Bengals and their general manager and Duke Tobin, who I guess is like. <laughs> had a player personnel, but basically a GM just telling him fucking look at Austin reader, do something on Joe Thurney. I was really trying to beef up the O-line and I don't think we did enough to beef up the O-line, but you know, we, we definitely added Riley reef from the Vikings. Yep. I was super stoked about that. I got a, I got an interesting, I got an interesting story about that. We'll get into a little bit later, but um, we signed uh, Larry Ogan Joby from the Browns with D tackle who I was fired up about. But I think the biggest signing we had on the defensive side was, and arguably for the whole team, was Trey Hendrickson from the Saints. I mean, that dude's Absolutely. a fucking monster. I think he was, like, tied in second in sacks last year, uh, mm-hmm. only behind T.J. Watt, who everybody knows T.J. Watt doesn't get double teamed. And uh, just for the record, I hate the Steelers, so I'll never say anything good about them. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, of course – we, we lost a bunch of players too, right? Like we lost like Geno Atkins who had been there for forever, like just after, since I became a fan of them and he was a fan favorite guy you wanted to have in your locker room. The players loved him. Um, we lost fucking AJ green who like AJ green is, is probably my second favorite Bengal of all time behind Ocho Cinco. Like that, that dude is a monster. And sure. I really, I don't think they used him right last year. Like obviously he was going to leave, you know, but, it was a sad day for Bengals fans when we lost AJ Green, that's for sure. And then when we lost Carl Lawson too, I mean, he was a monster. Yeah. 
I thought he was going to have an absolute like monster, monster season this year. And, you know, it's brutal to see him go down with a torn ACL in camp. Um, saw a lot of my fellow Bengals fans tweeting bullshit like, oh, thank God we didn't re-sign him. And, you know, I don't like to partake in, in, that, in that side of Twitter. I like to more throw fun jabs. But, yeah, I mean, you know, wish him the best, wish him a speedy recovery, but definitely sad to lose him. So I think overall I'd, I'd give him a B- minus in free agency. I think they made some important moves. I think they lost a lot of good people. But, you know, overall I don't think they were active enough. Yeah, I, th- I think I might agree with you, too. I, I was hoping they would do some more. And it's clear they're a team that needs to put in some work and needs to, you know, have, have some more additions. I do like the Trey Hendrickson signing, but easily can make the argument the most exciting acquisition they, uh, they made this year came in the draft. So, uh, so tell us about the draft. Tell us about, uh, you know, the picks, what you thought. And, uh, you know, I, I was uh, kind of pushing for the Bengals to take Panay Sewell in that first round, but they went a different way. No way. They went Jamar Chase. <laughs> You're rocking the Jamar Chase jersey as we the, speak. So take the it away. What do you think about the stripes? I'm rocking the hashtag new stripes, full new jerseys <laughs> exactly. this year, new social media campaigns, new game day experiences. You'll hear about my upcoming Cincinnati trip in a little bit, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I was, I think, well before the draft I was always leaning I kind of bought into the whole we have to take Penny Sewell so Burrow doesn't fucking lose his other knee and I I definitely bought into that for a little bit and I mean the guy was a stud at Oregon right but as as we got closer I started to realize like you know this is like one of the deepest drafts of all time in terms of offensive line talent and there were guys who were going to be second, third round picks. Bengals even took a guy in the fourth round, uh, Deontay Smith out of LSU or not LSU out of East Carolina, who's who was getting starting reps. But um, I just knew it was going to be a deep class. And I thought Jamar Chase was a generational talent. The guy fucking creates separation like no other. He can run the deep ball. Um, you know, before preseason, he had pretty good hands and he hasn't been catching much lately. But I think he's just got to work out the rookie jitters a little bit and, and he'll be fine. But, you know, other than that, I mean, I was really upset when we traded back in round two and took Jackson Carmen. I, I, I hated him. I actually made a, a draft big board and I had him nowhere near on my, on the top 10 in my board or top 15 even. Um, oh, we got, we got my buddy Patty Conroy coming in. We might hear, we might have to hear from him later. He's a Steelers fan. He, he just came into the room. Uh, we'll get some banter there, but we need to hear from Patty at some point. We'll hear from him at some point. We'll save him. But, um, I mean, other than that, I was really, really, really excited about Joseph Osai. I thought that was a monster pick, him out of Texas. And, you know, he went down in uh, preseason. And, you know, I'm just hinting at all sorts of future, future segments. But the medical staff diagnosed him with a broken hand. And two days later, it was reported that he tore his ACL. So that – that was really hard and, and fucking confusing to hear that you go from a broken wrist and might miss a little bit of time to a torn ACL and your season's over. So we'll, we'll get back. We'll get into that a little later when we, when we have a call out of the medical staff. <laughs> Definitely. I love I mean, the, uh, going back to the Jamar chase pick. Um, you guys have assembled quite a little bit of an LSU core there. You had Joe Burrow, uh, number one overall um, the previous year. Then you drafted his teammate, uh, who he went all the way with in, in 2019 and got that ring with it at LSU and Jamar Chase, reuniting the two of those. That's exciting. And then uh, in round four, pick number 122, 
you guys take my boy Tyler Shelvin, the nose tackle from LSU. I didn't hear you mention him, but you got to be pretty excited. You know, I'm happy you caught me because I did forget to mention him. But that that dude is a that's a beast. If you, if you, I don't I don't know if you guys do video segments, but if you do, we're gonna have to pull out a pull up a picture of this guy. He's a, he's a, just absolutely huge, and he can stuff the run no, like no other. And I don't think he had that great of a preseason, but. You know, you gotta love you gotta love them bringing some familiar faces back to Joe Burrow as as he returns from his injury. Definitely, I, I like it. I'm also pumped. I was telling Barton earlier this week. Uh, one of my fantasy leagues, I got uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson uh, wow. on that uh, wide receiver core right there. So I was sticking to the uh, the LSU boys as well. But uh, it's always fun to to make that uh, reunion. And speaking of reunions. You just mentioned it. You're taking a, a trip back to Cincinnati, upcoming trip. Well, what's going on with that? I am. So I got my buddy Patty behind me. He'll be uh, he'll be in attendance on the trip. Um, we're going me, Patty, my brother, Mark, um, and another one of our buddies named Ryan are going to Queen City, Cincinnati, to go to Steelers at Bengals in, what is it, week 12? 14 week 12 or 13 or something we, we leave the day after thanksgiving but i've always wanted to i've been as i said i've been a lifelong Bengals fan i've always wanted to go to a game and in, in you know the mecca of football one of the founding teams of the nfl um and you know we're going uh we got some exciting things planned um as i mentioned earlier one of the things i already booked a reservation for is to have a dinner at the same restaurant where joe burrow took riley reef out for a steak uh restaurants called jeff ruby's uh we've requested to sit at the same table that they did and um, <laughs> i'm going to be boxing my friends out to make sure i'm in the reef seat to get the full uh cincinnati hospitality experience but we're going to go there maybe maybe we can do a follow-up episode and I'll, I'll give you guys a review of the jeff ruby's steak but you know other than that we're, we're going to be uh we're definitely going to be boozing. We're excited for the game. And, you know, we might have to try some Skyline Chili while we're up there, too. <laughs> the King returns to uh, to Queen City. I love it. Uh, Cincinnati, be aware. Um, the boys are coming through. I think that's, what, week 13, 14. Um, hey, after they're hitting Jeff Ruby's. They're hitting Paul Brown Stadium. Uh, man, that's going to be a movie. I can't wait. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back on after uh, and, and break down the whole weekend. <laughs> We might even have to do a Point of Drew podcast live from Cincinnati. I'll be your field reporter. <laughs> yeah, we may have to get you live from the field. We'll, we'll come in. <laughs> we'll make it happen for sure. Let's do it. Definitely. So yeah. I, another thing you mentioned, though, the hot seat, you've got some people to call out. Um, you know, you mentioned the medical staff. So let's just start there. It sounded like uh, you aren't too happy with the way they've been handling their business. I'm really not, and I think most Bengals fans are tired of it. I mean, you got an you got an NFL franchise. One, we don't we're the only team in the NFL that doesn't even have an indoor practice facility, which which is a joke to begin with. And I know that's not on the medical staff, but you know they'll they'll get their time in a second here. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm just tired of seeing all these play. We, I think the the Bengals are haunted with injuries every year. You know, there's a few teams that are the Jets seem to always be teams like that. But other than that it seems like other teams can keep their top players in shape. And we got guys who are just repeatedly getting the same injuries. I mean, you have fucking, you have fucking uh, Wyatt Huber, Hubert, our rookie D end and, um, and uh, Hakeem Adenji 
second year O-lineman going down with torn packs. I mean, that's straight from lifting. What the hell is the strength and conditioning coach doing having two players tear packs? This isn't high school football, you know, like we're men here. We got to learn how to lift the right way. We, as, <laughs> as it pertains to the medical staff, you know, I already mentioned I was really fed up when they misdiagnosed OSI. They went from a fractured hand or wrist injury, you know, out for four to eight weeks, whatever, to out for the season with a torn ACL. So you can say what you want about that, but that's just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, beyond that, I mean, we got Cam Sample, another rookie uh, edge rusher who's shown a lot of talent in preseason and camp, and he goes down with a shoulder injury too. So, like, you got these young guys, probably best shape of their lives coming in the NFL, and they're getting hurt the second they get to the Bengals. They didn't get hurt in college, and now they get hurt here. What the fuck is going on? What are you guys doing right? That's my question for the medical staff. Yeah, it's man. A good question. I, uh, man, wasn't expecting to hear that, but they are on the hot seat now. Definitely got the call out from you. Uh, anyone else on that on that uh, hot seat call out list that deserves a little uh, little shade thrown their way? I think the second one's a little more obvious. You know, head coach Zach Taylor has just been, you know, nothing short of awful uh, with his tenure with the Bengals so far. With that, you know, his career record is six twenty-five and one. Um, I, I always love a tie, so I'll appreciate that. But the six wins and twenty-five losses is an absolute joke. Um, and I, you know, I personally think that he's got to win eight games this year, or, or he's out. I don't, I don't even think them winning six games, you know, cuts it for him. And I don't know how involved he is in, in all the moves we've made in the offseason. Um, I think he, I think we definitely, like I said, could have been more aggressive in certain things, especially the Joe Thune pursuit that your your Kansas City Chiefs stolen from us, Barton. But um, yeah, I just I'm not really I'm not happy with anyone in the front office or Coach Taylor right now. So I'll put the front office on the hot seat too. All right. Well, I hear you. So there's the medical staffs on the hot seat, you know, with all their missteps. You're not pleased with Zach Taylor and his 625 and one record over two seasons. I wouldn't be either. Um, he's got a young face. He seems like a young dude. Uh, I'm not. I'm not super. Uh, super happy with him. Um, he hasn't done done any uh, any favors for my boy Joe Burrow. Um, I would say from a play calling perspective. But we'll take a step off who's on the hot seat going into this season. Where do you think the team's strengths lie? You know, I think. I think. If you compare it to last year, I think our strengths, we've definitely, we've definitely beefed up the offensive line a little bit, right? Um, we have one of the best receiving cores in the NFL, if not the best, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> we, got, we got Joe Mixon coming back from injury. We got, we got Joe Burrow coming back from injury. Um, we got DJ Reader, who we made at one point was the highest pays, paid nose tackle in the NFL once we signed him. He's coming back from injury. Uh, you got Logan Wilson is going to be healthy this year. So, you know, I think, I think, one of our strengths is that we've been able to get a lot of guys back on the field. But if you were to be more specific, I really like our edge rushers. I love the combination of Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Um, the depth concerns me a little bit now that we lost to Osai, but I think Cam Sample and undraft, shout out to undrafted free agent from Marshall, Darius Hodge, unreal preseason. I think, I think he's going to help us out a lot. And then, you know, we got Jesse Bates, the best. Yeah, thank you. I was going to, I was going to say, I had to save the you best can't go life. this whole time um, without shouting out my boy, Jesse Bates, you the highest the graded life. PFF, according to PFF, the highest graded safety in all of football last season. Uh, he does it all. He can, he can cover, he can, you know, really, really lay the wood in the rushing game uh, for on that, in the run defense. And uh, you know, he's a, he's a complete safety, 
all through and through. And so I was, I was glad I was going to be remiss if you didn't mention my boy, Jesse Bates. Right. And, and he's not Jamal Adams who plays like 90% of the snaps in the box. You said it best. This guy can cover, he can play in the box. He, he can fucking do it all. Yep. Definitely. So, yep. so with, with that being said, the, those uh, things you're looking for this season, give us your, your prediction. What are the Bengals doing this season? Any type of playoff hopes four and 11 last year, Every other team in that division had 11 wins or better. It's a tough-ass division, a lot of good teams. Uh, what do you realistically expect out of the Bengals this season? Well, probably the only thing that my Steelers fan friend Patty behind me is going to agree with on this segment uh, is that the AFC North is the hardest and most competitive division in football. I think that's just a fact. I don't think that can even be disputed. I think the NFC is <laughs> tough too, but not like the AFC North. But, you know, I think I think we're a different team this year. I, I realistically I see the Bengals winning 11 games. I don't think 11 games is impossible. I actually think that it's probable. And if you look at the schedule, you know, I'm happy to go through and do a win loss breakdown for each. But I see the Bengals starting four and uh, rolling into a tough game against I believe it's Green Bay. I have their first loss at. Um, but I think we're just going to I think we're going to fly through the AFC North this year. I think they're going to win the AFC North. I think they're going to make not only make the playoffs, but I think we're going to win our first playoff game since January 6th, 1991, before my <laughs> lifetime. Here's a fun fact for you, too. Nobody's ever allegedly. Allegedly, nobody's ever texted about a play a Bengal playoff win um, because the cell phone wasn't invented un until after the Bengals won their last playoff win. I might have had my last Bengals playoff win date uh, wrong. That might have been the last time they made the playoffs, but oh no, 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 that, that's right. Never mind. But no, still. you can thank your boy Marvin Lewis for that one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fuck, we made the we Dalton led us to the playoffs a bunch of times and we just yeah. kept losing. But you know, beyond that, beyond that claim, I think Joe Burrow is a top five quarterback in the league based off of QBR this year. I think the Bengals have a top five defense in the league, um, and I think that the world is going to see this year once and for all that Jesse Bates is actually the best safety in football. You know, you said it. He was – this is why I hate PFF, too. We'll add them to the call-out section. They, They're from Cincinnati. They're based I don't there. care. They're biased. <laughs> they, 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 they ranked Jesse Bates the number one safety in football at the end of last season, and then going into this season, all of a sudden, he wasn't even top ten on their ranking – or in the top five on their rankings. Like, how the fuck does that happen? That makes – there were zero games played in between those two rankings coming out, and all of a sudden, he dropped. I think it's bullshit. I don't like PFF, um, but I guess they're from Cincinnati. So maybe I, maybe I can pick that bone with them in person when I come out there after Thanksgiving. Yeah, you might you might run into them at uh, at Ruby Steakhouse. We'll see. <laughs> it's a good chance if you're in, if you're in the Riley Reef seat, you might just see them. I'm looking forward to that dinner, man. I'll send you guys a picture. Well, That's hey, uh, so you've got the Bengals going 11 and six this year. Yeah, winning their first playoff game. Do you think – so going 11-6, and six, winning the AFC North, that might get them uh, – they might be a host of, of that first-round playoff game. So maybe a, a playoff win in Paul Brown, I'd, I'd hope you'd make it uh, – I hope you'd be in attendance for that one. Where does this season end? Do you think they, they run into uh, to our Kansas City Chiefs and just don't have enough? What do you think? I mean, it's tough, right? You're going to have to play the – you're going to have to play the Chiefs at some point. You're going to have to play the Bills at some point. Um, you know, you're probably going to have to play another AFC North team in the playoffs at some point, but 
I don't, I don't think a Super Bowl is unrealistic. I think, I think an appearance is, is at least in the, in the cards. I don't, I don't think it's, it's possible. I don't think it's probable, but I think, I think we'll definitely see a playoff win. We might see two and, you know, just, just know you heard it here first. If the Bengals make and win the Super Bowl this year. (laughs) Jamar Chase rookie of the year odds. What do you think? Rookie of the year odds. I think, mm-hmm. I think they're going to have him. I think they're going to have him like as a joke, like way too low right now because of how bad he's played in the preseason. But I think as the, I think as the season goes on, like let's say after, after three weeks, I think he'll, he'll easily be the leader for uh, offensive rookie of the year. And I think he's going to put the league on notice this year. So if, well, you, if you, you heard got- it here first. Yeah, if you got Jamar Chase in that category, you you mentioned it earlier. You've got Burrow. You're saying he's a top five quarterback in the league. What what do you think uh, of the uh, Burrow MVP odds? I think those are pretty high too. I think he's a hundred. He, I think he's for sure comeback player of the year. I think I think they've pretty much already written his name on that. They're already engraving that plaque. But um, but yeah, I mean. I think I think he's going to have a great year. The only thing I'm worried about as far as drafting Bengals wide receivers on fantasy is there's so many good ones. Like I said, I think we have a top five receiving core in the NFL, and it's going to be interesting to see how they can spread the ball around. But, I mean, I think, I think the offense is going to be rolling this year. I'm also really excited about our new kicker that we took in, what, like the fifth or sixth round? Evan fifth McPherson. round, yeah. Evan McPherson. The Florida kid. Dude, that guy kicks bombs. 57-yarder in the preseason game. Uh, we are we cut Austin Siebert for him. I think that's going to be my next Bengals jersey, uh, McPherson number two jersey. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I fell in love with the kid the second I saw his video of him knocking those water bottles off the crossbar. Did you guys see that video? He put water bottles on the crossbar no. and was, like, knocking them off from, like, 50 yards away. Like, boom, boom, boom. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> I love it. Well, I would hope. I would hope he uh, he's a stud if you're taking the kicker in the fifth round. Yeah, that, uh, that's a little bit questionable. shocked me at first, but but after you know it, it, it's been clear why they did it, so I'm, I don't regret that pick at all. I, I I'm, I'm more upset with the second round pick Jackson Carmen than I am with the fifth round kicker pick. Uh, yeah, I mean fifth round kicker pick is a that's a reach, but we'll see if that pans out. It, at the very least, it sounds like we're getting some good content out of them, some good internet videos. And sometimes that's all you can ask for out of a kicker. So, uh, you know, before we let you go, you know, we've covered it all. This, this has been really solid, but want to know the one thing you're most excited for in this Bengals season. You know, the one thing I'm most excited for is probably the one thing that all Bengals fans are most excited for. Barton said it already, but the King returns to Queen City. You know, Burrow comes back after, what, like 250-plus days of, of uh, not playing football. And, you know, obviously he's practicing right now, but this guy's going to this guy's gonna shock the world. What uh, what, what was a rookie record stat I had? He was the first rookie with 400-plus yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown in a game. I mean – and the guy only got to play what, like, like eight games, ten games, or whatever. Wait till he gets a full season. I hope you have him in your fantasy league. This guy's gonna shock the world and put the Bengals and Cincinnati back on the map. And I can't wait to see it. I love it, man. Burrow, he's got ice in his veins. We saw it happen at LSU. Uh, he's got a year under his belt. A little misfortune with the knee injury, but he's coming back and he's gonna come back strong. You heard it here first. Kevin Manchester predicting the Bengals to take to be the winners of the AFC North 
for Burrow potentially to take home MVP honors for sure. He's always a shoe-in for a comeback player of the year. And then you have Jamar Chase, uh, rookie of the year, looking strong as well. So looks like the Bengals are just sweeping the league this year. Going to, like Kevin said, put them on notice. Um, I'm excited to watch. Yeah, I mean, just don't be surprised when, when, like you said, when they sweep the league, 11 wins, playoff wins, rookies of the year, comeback players of the year, MVPs. It's all, it's all, it's all not out of the question this year. And, you know, as a fan, I, I, I just can't wait to start. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, before you go, let the Druthers know where, where can they follow you to, uh, to see these tweets you're throwing at the, uh, the Bengals staff. Uh, tell them where to find you. Druthers, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Give me a follow on Instagram or Twitter at B-I-H-S-E-H. B -I -H -S -E -H, and I promise you won't regret it. You're going to be entertained. All right. Just don't just don't hate on me. <laughs> that is for fire, sure. I will fire back harder than you will come at me. I promise. <laughs> I can uh, I can attest to that. You do not want to come at Kevin because uh, he, he will be the only one left standing in, in that case scenario. <laughs> yes sir yeah just don't just don't do it and don't come at bartolo either man that, that guy has that you got me on my ass every time i read your tweets <laughs> uh, definitely well, we have, absolutely we appreciate you coming on it was great uh we know our followers were fiending for some Bengals content so we're glad we could give it to them but uh it was good to have you on man good to have you break down this uh, upcoming Bengals season yeah thank you guys and once again shout out the druthers you know where to find me. Definitely. We'll catch up with you soon after after that uh, Cincinnati trip. Yes, sir. Go Bengals. All right, Kev. Who day, baby? Thanks for coming on, brother. See you guys. All right. Well, man, that was some good stuff. Uh, you know, shouts to Manchester joining us on the show. But uh, that's going to do it. Another episode, Point of Drew podcast. Kevin Manchester, you heard it here first. Uh, the Bengals will go 11 and 6. Uh, Joe Burrow, comeback player of the year, shoe in. Um, a lot of predictions coming from him. We'll see if the Bengals are able to live up to that hype. Um, but it was definitely a lot of fun having Kevin on. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the college football preview as well. I hope you're going to be tuning in uh, to all the fun games this weekend. Uh, we'll be back as always next week. Uh, the point of Drew, one year anniversary coming in next week. Yep. So I'm, I'm excited. Uh, NFL season is back right where it all began and uh, you know we'll be breaking it down for the second year in a row um, can't wait absolutely appreciate everyone tuning in appreciate everyone rocking with us as always we will be back soon with some some uh, you know real stuff heating up college football is underway NFL's starting up so we're looking forward to it man appreciate everyone that's listening yes sir thank you Druthers we'll see y'all next week peace